What's going on, everybody? So, I got an iPhone, and I had to manually copy all my contacts. Because I originally DM'd a lot of them on Instagram, but I'm like, I'll just do it. Because what if they secretly don't like me, and then regret giving me their phone number? I'd rather not know and do it myself and still bother them than knowing that they don't really like me. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punched in the Mouth Official, on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. I'm talking about you, Gallo, just so you know. Peace. What's going on everybody now before anybody gives me a hard time I understand I took forever to upload 105 I was a day late I got sidetracked because I got a new phone what else I got sidetracked with that okay because I was losing my mind because since I got an iPhone apparently iPhones have this thing that they can't connect to the Wi-Fi and then my cousin he showed me a trick he's like bro all you gotta do is put it on airplane mode for about six seconds and then it'll work so I did that. Well, first of all, he gave me a hard time. But he's like, well, learn the iPhone. I'm like, can you just tell me how you did it? And then he told me. Everything I just said, he said it to me. But he had to be mean about it. For What a mean guy. No, I'm just kidding. He's pretty cool. Sometimes. 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 But let's get into it. Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast, where we talk about people getting punched in the face, but we don't do it ourselves. I'm Adrian, your host, as always. Today we're going to talk about UFC 288. We're going to talk about where I believe Francis is going to do. At this point, look, let's start with that. Francis, at this point, he's got three options. Like, let's let's be honest. He's got three options. You're going to go with Showtime. That's option number one and do a boxing fight. The only problem is you're going to have to wait because apparently they're trying to do Alexander Yusek. And Tyson Fury in December. And the co-main event. Unless unless he's like willing to step back on the Deontay Wilder thing and fight Andy Reese, That's cool. Like fight Andy Reese. I like Andy Reese. Andy Reese would give... I was going to say Fury. But he would give Francis a hard time. Although I did hear that that's what they're trying to do for Tyson Fury. And the co-main event would be... Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua in Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi. One of those two. I don't know. One of those countries. So there's that. So then Francis is out. But dude, I'm not going to let go of what I said on Wednesday. And if you guys couldn't hear the audio, I do apologize. Um, I'm trying to get more RAM. And I could probably lower the, I guess, the effect of what i have on the microphone a little bit so it doesn't do it that much but we shall see man we shall see but yeah man yeah so i believe francis is gonna go to pfl i want it to be what i told you guys it was gonna be i wanted it to be that some higher up in disney's gonna be like all right guys we got a fight here let's make this fight we're gonna make a bunch of money everybody's gonna be happy because the winner here is espn 
They have PFL in one corner and UFC in another corner. The winner here is ESPN, and if they care about the fans, they would say, okay, the ESPN, which in nature gives Disney the win as well, you know? So I believe that's the play here because John Jones did come out and say this yesterday. He came out and said this yesterday. This is what John Jones has to say. Everyone is talking about Sergey and Sergey is a huge challenge, but no one knows who he is. Maybe the UFC will come with the right number and we can make this Sergey thing happen. But as of right now, I really got all the accolades and nothing really to prove. Then where is the statement he made that... Because there is a statement he made that the Stipe fight would be his last fight unless they could somehow get Francis back. Let me go find that. And nobody's talking about the way I'm saying it should happen, which is the only way I believe at this point it happens. Because there's no way Francis goes back to the UFC after them telling him he's banned. There's no way you go back there. Is There's no way. There is no way because then what message is that sent? Oh, well, there's not really. It sends two types of messages. That there's not really stuff out there besides the UFC, which is not true because... If you heard what I said on Wednesday, I mean, well, Thursday, I said, Francis, it's not about money at this point. Like, Francis wanted certain things. Like, he wanted to see it on the board. Let's take what Chatri Citratong said at face value. What he said was, Francis wanted to see it on the board of directors, and he wanted to determine his opponent's pay. Like, that's not feasible for an organization. Like, that is insane. Look, this article goes on to say John Jones' days in MMA might be numbered. The all-time great told Fox Sports Australia in an interview published Tuesday that he plans to defend his UFC heavyweight title against Stipe Miocic in November at Madison Square Garden and then walk away from the spoke. Sport. Spot? What, what are you saying, Adrian? Jones had previously mentioned retiring after that fight on Twitter. Like, yeah, that's not new. When he did that interview with John Morgan, he's like, I'm guaranteeing my fans two fights. The one with Cyril and then a fight with Stipe. Originally, they said July, but now that doesn't seem to be like that's the case. So we shall see. We shall see what happens. I think the Stipe fight will be plenty for me, Jones said. I feel like I don't have too much to prove after beating Stipe. I've been in the game for a long time, in fighter years. I'm an old guy. I've been training a long time. Been in the game a long time. Got some small injuries. I just really want to be around. I want to be around for my family, around for my kids. I want to be able to play with my kids, have a good head on my shoulders. I can see it coming to an end really soon, and I'm happy with that. I'm really proud of my career. And it goes on to say, Jones was asked about an up-and-coming heavyweight, Sergey Pavlovich, who is coming off a first-round knockout of contender Curtis Blades. Lesmas. Jones said, the issue with Pavlovich is no one knows who he is making him an opponent with high risk and low reward. Okay, well, well you, you know why he's saying this, I think? Because he already did this. His last three fights at light heavyweight, unless you really paid attention, you didn't really know who Anthony Smith was. You know who he is now because he fought John Jones. You didn't know who Thiago Santos was you didn't, you, unless you know now because he fought John Jones. You didn't really know who Dominic Reyes was. And those guys were hard fights for him. Especially the Santos one. And Reyes. So I believe that John just 
doesn't see the point in taking those fights because he's like, what if this guy comes in and beats me? He makes a name off of me. He's got that Diaz mentality. He wants to be the B side. However, Jones said a fight with former champion Francis Ngannou could motivate him to return after Miocic. Ngannou departed the UFC as a free agent early this year. I do believe Francis. Ng- I do believe a fight with Francis Ngannou would be worth entertaining, not retiring. Jones said, "I think a Francis fight would come with some serious revenue, and that would be that would make it worth my while." Francis is a former champion. He's pretty damn popular here in America and across the world. He's very well known. It would bring a lot of money, and for that, I would be willing to come back. And it goes on to say, right now, though, Jones said he would be satisfied departing after the Miocic fight. He said he's focused on the fight until November, and then can just focus on being a dad after that. Wait, what? I'm going to read that again because I don't like the way it's out. Right now, though, Jones said he would be satisfied departing after the Miocic fight. He said he's focused on that fight until November. Then I can just focus on being a dad after that. What was that? And then it goes on to say, right now, my goal is to have one more big fight against Stipe Miocic Madison Square Garden. And then kind of hang it up from there. Who knows what the future holds from there. Okay, he's saying, I'm thinking about retiring. He's never, He's not admitting it. He's saying, I'm thinking about it. Because what if a big fight comes? What if? What? Think about this. Think about this. Ready? What if Alex Pereira smokes the light heavyweight division and goes, all right, John, I'm coming for you, bro. What if? You know Glover already said. He said he's ready to be heavyweight champion. You never know. What if, what if we don't need Francis? But then what if Francis, what if the... PFL, ESPN, they go, okay, well, like, the thing is, here's the thing, if PFL can say, okay, Francis, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go work with Showtime Boxing, if you guarantee us X amount of fights per year, like, let's say, I'm just throwing, of course, I don't think this is gonna be a contract the PFL's gonna offer, but let's just say they offer him an eight fight deal. Let's say, let's say, can we just bear with me? And they tell him, you owe us a minimum of three fights a year at max between a fight to three a year before you can box. Like you have to meet the quota of at least one fight and then we can figure it out. If we don't figure out your boxing day, fight it for us again. And then if you want to go box, go box, and then come back before the end of the year. But that would be a fighting four times a year. I don't know if you'd be able to do that. Or they could sign him to like an eight-fight deal. I'm just throwing out numbers. Have him fight four times in the PFL first and be like, okay, Francis, you can go box. You go box, and then you come back and give us two fights. And then we'll figure it out from there. We'll figure out if you're going to fight for us again. You'll just finish out your contract. And then you can go be a free agent and box. Or if you like this setup, we can re-sign you. I don't know, man. But I do believe that John Jones fight will happen with Francis. Because the, the, the negative thing here is if Francis comes back to the UFC, what message is that sending everybody out? Don't do what I try to do. Because Randy Couture is still blacklisted. Like, yes, he finished out his contract, but that dude is still blacklisted. 
But Randy Couture is nowhere, like, first of all, the fan base isn't as big as it was when he tried to do something similar. And he wasn't in the position Francis was in. Francis left as heavyweight champion. Randy was heavyweight champion, but then he got into a contract dispute, and then he said, okay, I'll fight Brock Lesnar. And the UFC got lucky that Brock Lesnar ate Randy Couture alive. But before before we get into this weekend's fights, I want to go and hear and tell you guys, if you haven't heard, Irene Aldana will replace Juliana Pena on the June 10th pay-per-view card. Juliana Pena broke some ribs. So Irene Aldana replaces her. So we shall see there. And and then did you guys see this? Francis to respond to Chatri's comments, put a picture of Two Face and just put some promoters, man. Well, let's talk about some fights. Of course, just as a reminder, no more bets. That was in my past life. Not not doing that anymore. That was in the past. Not going to do that anymore. Let's talk about some fights. We're going to do one championship. And then we will do the UFC card. Oh, what do you mean? AB? Let's see. The title of this article is Tini or Not Tini. ABC Colorado at odds over one championship rule set being used in the U. Does it say in U.S.? In U.S. To me or not to me, that is the question. The Association of Boxing Commission and Combative Sports and Colorado Combative Sports Commission disagree on. The ABC is not pleased with the global rule set being used for one championship's first ever event in the U.S., but the Colorado Commission remains firm in its belief that it's well within its right. On Tuesday, ABC President Mike Mazzulli issued a written statement to MMA Junkie, which condemned the Colorado's approval of the non-ABC approved rule set for one fight night 10, which takes place on Friday at the First Bank Arena in Broomfield, near Denver. Mazzulli's primary qualm is the use of the knee to a grounded opponent, which is illegal in the ABC approved unified rules by the UFC, Bellator, and other American-based promotions. Yeah, this was a thing, right? Because I didn't even... Like, this makes me wonder. When Pride was in Vegas, were they allowed to knee on the ground? Let's see. Pride. Hold on. I'm looking for the Pride rules. Is it 32? Pride 32, the main event. Fedor Emelianenko versus Mark Coleman. Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Kevin Randleman. Josh Barnett versus... Some guy I don't know. Dan Henderson versus Vitor Belfort. Bobby Lawler versus Joey Vassanor. Is this where Nick fought Takanori Gomi? Dude, dude. The pay-per-view price was $40. Tickets were from $50 to $700. Bro, tell me this is the one where Nick fought Takanori Gomi. Was it? Look, look, look. This was the first event Pride held outside of Japan. Since the event took place in Nevada, Pride had to... Oh, see... Pride modified its rule set to follow Nevada's version of the unified rules of mixed martial arts. For this event, Pride followed Nevada's MMA rules for the most part. However, they permitted elbows to the head. Matches were three rounds of five minutes each. And if the match went the distance, it was judged by Nevada's 10-point must system. Could they still stop? I don't know where Nick fought Takanori Gomi. So, there were two events in Vegas. This is where Nick fought Takanori Gomi. And the story is, Nick was so high. Like, 
They're saying when they did his his screening for the drug test that he had so much weed in his system that he had to be high for the fight, and that's why they believe Takanori Gomi didn't knock him out. So I don't know if they were able to stomp on the ground. Let me see if I asked the question. So I can't find it, but let's say they couldn't. Let's say they couldn't do that, bro. Because they're saying that they had to follow the unified rules. So this is different, right? Because they're allowing this to take place. They're allowing for the need to the head of a downed opponent to take place. Huh. It goes on to say, The Association of Boxing Commission is very disappointed in the state of Colorado regarding the upcoming one championship on May 6th. Event on May 6th. Mazzulli said Colorado is stepping back decades regarding health and safety. In fact, if the executive director in Colorado has any medical documentation or studies that shows needs to the head of a grounded opponent is safer, he should share the information with the ABC. I mean, guys, let's be honest. What's the difference between an elbow going full clip and a knee? There's a big difference, right? But... Has anybody died in one championship? No, right? So let them, if if something happens, let them have egg on their face. Let's pray to God nothing happens, please, for the love of God. I hope nothing happens. And it, hold on. It goes, at first glance, it appears the Colorado, the state of Colorado has amended their rules simply to attract a promotion. One championship has not yet operated in the U.S. It uses knees to the head of grounded opponents in their foreign promotions. The ABC rule specifies no knees to the head of a grounded opponent because the organization believes a commission's first obligation must be to fighter safety. Rule changes should always have fighter safety at the forefront. He concluded, One championship is welcome to bring their promotions to the United States, but they should be using the unified rules. The liability that the state of Colorado is incurring with the rule amendment is staggering. And it goes on to say, The Colorado Commission is a member of the ABC, but argues it's well within its right to adopt additional rule sets. Colorado's Department of Regulatory Agency spokesman Lee Rasner told MMA Junkie, The Colorado Combative Sports Commission allows for third-party sanctionings of events, providing that the sanctioning body meets requirements under Rule 1.4 including a review and approval of the rules by director Tony Cummings. Lesler wrote in a written response, one championship submitted rules that were reviewed and approved in 2021 and will be in effect for the first time for Friday's card at the First Bank Center in Broomsfield. It goes on to say, the state of Colorado's first concern has always been fighter safety. Lesnar continued, rules have no way been amended to attract a promotion. In fact, Unlike other states, the commission adopted the unified rules of mixed martial arts set forth by the Association of Boxing Commissions without deviation. Sorry, deviation. One championship has historically operated in Asia and follows its own global rule set rather than the unified rules of mixed martial arts used by the ABC regulated states and territories. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you want to read it, it's on MMA Junkie. But Guys... Let, let let the event happen. Maybe let, let one try to attract as many fans as he could. One is good, man. I watched the John Lineker fight that happened a few months back. It was a good fight. 
there's they got some killers over there, bro. They got some killers. Let them do the way they do. Hopefully nothing happens. Nothing will happen. I know that. I hope. I know. I want nothing to happen. That's what I really want. I want nothing to happen so they can keep operating the way they operate. Okay, so now let's talk about the fight itself. I went on a tangent there. I do apologize. Let's talk about the fights themselves. One fight night 10. Demetrius Johnson versus Adriano Moraes. Raltag versus Mikey Musumi. And then a bunch of other people. I don't know. But okay. Raltag, I love this guy. That dude, you hit him. That dude is unfazed. I'm definitely watching this card. I'm glad it's on Friday because Saturday I'm going to Whitechapel. I'm so excited for Whitechapel. Um, dude, it's crazy. They have the two face. They have the two biggest faces of one championship. Well, three with Adriano Moraes. That dude's huge, man, because he did beat DJ. But they have the three biggest names of one championship on this card. That's how you know Chachi's going all in. He's going all in. So we shall see, man. Keep an eye on that co-main event. The main event. Can't wait. I can't wait. Sage Northcutt's coming back. That dude does look very different. He looks super different, guys. He's coming back, so we shall see what happens there. But yeah, I cannot wait. I think Demetrius is going to take it. And I think Raw Tag is going to take it. Now, I want to look at some articles being written because Demetrius said that this one could be his last one. Look, the unsung legend of Demetrius Johnson reaches his climax at 1 Fight Night 10 in Trilogy vs. Adriano Moraes. Demetrius Johnson is among the purest bassinets of mixed martial arts. Unfortunately, martial arts are not always fully embraced in prize fighting. I don't know if they meant to say martial artists are not always embraced, but it says martial arts. That is why it's so poetic that the underappreciated king of the sport's most underappreciated division approaches one fight night championship 10 for a flyaway title trilogy bill on competitive spirit, skill, and mutual respect. Like, that is, that's weird, right? Because I re remember, like, when they did the format tournament, it was, it was Joseph Benavides. Demetrius Johnson, Ian McCall. Who was the other guy? I don't remember who the other guy was. Who was the original four-man tournament? Joseph Benavides, Ian McCall, Demetrius Johnson, and Yashihiro Urushitinati. Urushitinati? Yeah, I don't even think that guy fights anymore. I couldn't remember his name. But yeah, so it was them four. This is all the way back in 2011. Demetrius wins the belt, and then he goes on this tear, right? And then the second fight with Joseph Benavides was crazy. Like, that thing sounded loud and gross. But now, like, it's changed. But, like, Demetrius has been talking a lot more smack nowadays. There's often a stigma associated with leaving the UFC. Fighters departing the organization are generally labeled as bins or never words. Occasionally, fighters reinvent themselves in fresh settings, but rarely, if ever, in modern MMA does a fighter leave the UFC as arguably the very best to continue that success elsewhere. Johnson is an, except, an, an exceptional anomaly. Johnson was traded to one championship in exchange for Ben Askren in 2018, 
following a controversial split decision loss to Henry Cejudo. It was a particular departure for Mighty Mouse, despite never achieving a crossover superstar status like Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey. Johnson has decisively beaten Cejudo. Johnson had decisively beaten Cejudo in their prior outing and still holds the record for most consecutive and most successful UFC title defenses. 11. Irrepresentative of weight class, but in a promotion that rewards the gift of gab, the best treatment isn't always reserved for the for those who let their actions speak for them, no matter how deafening those actions are. I think the uncertain part was if they're really going to release me from my contract, Johnson told CBS Sports ahead of the fight against Marais in Colorado on Friday. But whether I landed in Bellator, Ryzen, or one championship, I knew I was going to be successful because I'm a workhorse. This horse isn't dead. This horse still runs and runs very, very, very well. And while Johnson's knockout lost to Marias in April 2021 cast doubt about his top dog status, his redemption in their August 2022 rematch slowed chatters of being over the hill. The first two meetings between the two have produced knockouts via knees for each each fight for each fighter. The only KO lost to either man's career. When you go through the trilogy, it means he won one, so I don't like the fact. I don't like that fact, but it is what it is, Johnson said. I would obviously have gone 2 and 0 but here we are. See, like, he's talking shit now, bro. Like, he wasn't doing this before, or I didn't pay attention enough. So, we shall see, man. I'm excited for this fight, and I guarantee you, like, if DJ were to fight at 135 in the UFC, he'd be successful. But him and, him and Cejudo are, are good buddies now, so we'll see, man. We'll see. I'll just read this last part. I'm not going to take my gloves off and put it in the ring and all that stuff. I'll just say I'm good. It's been fun, boys. You can beat each other up and try to make some money. I'll go and try to make some money elsewhere. Well, yeah, he's got the Twitch. Well, now he says he does YouTube mainly. He doesn't do Twitch anymore. He mainly does YouTube. He's games. Like, he's got an out like Chad Mendes did. So we shall see what happens. We shall see. So, I'm just going to tell you guys, I'm not telling you who to bet on, but I'll tell you, I like Johnson in this fight because he's confident. Adriano Moraes, he's dangerous. Well, I like Johnson's confidence in this fight. And I like Rotek. I just like that guy. I'm going to put up the video if you've never seen it, but it's amazing. Let's talk about the UFC fights. The main event, you got Aljamain Sterling, the champion versus the returning Double champ, Henry, Triple C, Cejudo, and then in the co-main event, you got Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns in a five-round title eliminator. You got Jessica Andrade versus Jan Shainan. You got Mosar Imanov versus Diego Lopez because he was original. was supposed to fight Thug Nasty, but Thug Nasty hurt his back. And then you got Kron Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Dude, what? What did Mar- Who did Marina Rodriguez piss off? Why is she fighting on the opening fight of the main card prelims? This chick should at least be fighting on the main card. But who did this chick piss off, bro? Why do they have her so low? What's her ranking? This is horrible. What in God's name is happening? Son of a bitch bro 
Like, that shit pisses me off. He's number five, and you're fighting Janjiroba? He's not even ranked. And did it? No, yeah, she's number nine. I'm sorry, Virna. And didn't Marina Rodriguez beat Jan Shainan? He did! So how is a chick that you beat fighting over you, bro? Well, because here's another thing. She's fighting Jessica Andrade, right? She's fighting her. And I think they're friends. Chaos William is fighting. Drew Dober's fighting. Parker Porter's fighting. This is a good fight card, man. So sad. I'm not sad that I'm not going to see it because it's not like I'm going to be doing something, but I'm going to go see Whitechapel, bro. I'm so excited for that. I know this is an MMA show, but I'm just really excited for this Whitechapel show. I'm going to see my buddy who I haven't seen since my birthday. I'm just pumped. But yeah, okay, let's get back to it. I'm sorry. I, I ramble a lot. Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Okay, this is what I need to see. Okay. Aljo's the bigger guy. Like, l let's look at it. Aljo's way bigger, not, not way bigger, but he's bigger than him. I know that much. Mm. Sorry about that. Mm. Okay, let's look at this. Aljo's 5'7", Henry's 5'4". What do you mean Aljo's weight is 148 pounds, bro? That is, they better fix that. Aljo's reach is 71, Henry's is 64. Leg reach is 39 and Henry's is 37. It's a pick and fight, bro. Here's my question, though. Like, because I know Aljo likes to be what we like to call the human backpack, does that play a factor? Or is Henry's wrestling so high level that Henry's not worried about that? Because, like, if, if Aljo can put his size on him and put his weight on him and make Henry work in the beginning... And tire him out. Those third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Those rounds are going to be held for, for Henry. But if Henry's wrestling is so high level. And he neutralizes the, the human backpack technique. That Aljo likes to impl imp implement. Like it's over bro. Like, like that's where this becomes interesting right. Like the takedown. Like who's going to initiate the grappling sequences first. Who's gonna who's gonna keep it striking? Because if Aljo's smart, he's the bigger guy. You strike with him. But can Henry get on the inside and get that double leg on him and take him down? No problem. And then is Aljo's jujitsu good enough to deal with Henry if Henry decides to stay in his guard? Like there's so many questions in this fight. This fight is a lot closer than what people think. And another thing to keep in mind is Henry hasn't been fighting, and Aljo has. Like, that's a big ass to ask Henry to come back into a title fight. Bulal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Gilbert's the favorite. He just fought in Miami. Title eliminator. But, bro, Bulal's a dog. I don't know who's going to win this fight. This fight's a pick em for me. I like both guys. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. All I know is Bulal needs to stay away from Gilbert's power and Gilbert's jiu-jitsu, because Bulal tends to smother people with his wrestling, but I don't know if that's the play here, because what he'll tend to do is he'll smother them with his wrestling, and then later in the fight, turn it up on them, and then, like, blow them out the water that way, and then Gilbert, he has power, but it's a five-round fight, it's a five-round fight, I 
favor Gilbert because he's fought the tougher competition, but we shall see, man. Jessica Andrade versus Jan Shainan, that's a good fight. Like, I believe that's under everybody's radar, but both of those girls are really good, so we shall see what happens there. Mozart Ivonov versus Diego Lopez, crazy fight. This Ivonov guy, I love him a lot. This guy's going to be champion, just you wait. And then Crom Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Um, I can't. I can't believe he's finally back. I cannot wait to see what he does. One thing I do want to go over is what he said that I saw the other day. This is Crom Gracie. What I really think MMA needs is instead of more rounds, is 15 or 25 minute rounds. When you have rounds, you have a break and time to think. Your coach brings you water, and that changes the fight. It's no longer a fight between you and the guy. I know it's hard to have a fight with no time limit, but I think there should be no rounds. It should be a 15-minute fight or a 25-minute fight. I think that would change the sport for the better. Um, I'm going to say this, this. This lines up with the Gracie mentality because Hoyce Gracie, who was the first Gracie we saw, said that he doesn't like the evolution that, that MMA took with the weight classes and stuff like that. Because back when he fought, it was about styles, not weight classes. And he says, of course, with training and all this stuff, the bigger guy, the better guy is going to win. But that's the evolution of things. Like, the 15-20 minutes, I don't see it happening because, look, one comment says, grapplers want this so they can... Get on top, pin you down, and then take their time to work towards a sub. The issue is long, slow grappling rounds aren't beer friendly. People ultimately just want to watch kickboxing and slam and ground and pound. The only people who want to watch passing and positional control are BJJ players. The majority of the audience are casual fans. Regular sports fans who neither understand nor care about the intricacies of grappling that guy's got a point that guy's got a let me tell you i've been to a lot of jujitsu tournaments high level i'm in because i understand the fact of the dude grabbing and stuff like that but i don't like points and that that might just be me because i'm cool with a lot of eddie bravo's guys and they're um their the whole thing is going for the finish, no points. That's why if you ever go to Eddie Bravo's EBI, he, it's a 15-minute round and then overtime to encourage the finish. Like, one of his top students, Gio Martinez, I've seen him grapple with points. And a lot of times, he's going for the finish. But sometimes he gets outpointed. And that's the only time I've seen him lose. I've only seen Gio tab once. And that was when he did... Quintet, the Las Vegas one, when he grappled Craig Jones. Was it Craig Jones that tapped him? Somebody tapped him in Quintet, the Las Vegas one. That's the only time I've seen Geo tap. Him or his brother. Those guys are bad dudes, man. But yeah, this lines up with the with the Gracie mind of thinking. and But like it becomes like, do you want... You should... Now, before anybody comes after me, I'm just saying... Like, I could stay at this level and not try to get better at podcasting, but that's not what I want. I want to get better to get more views, to get maybe sponsorships down the lines, deals, you know. Um, sp- yeah, sponsorships to help bring ad revenue for me, to help better my life, you know. 
So going back to this, if he only sticks to BJJ, people are going to figure him out and be like, okay, if I, if I do this, he, there's no way he's going to stand with me. So I'm going to make it a striking fight. Like, have we ever seen, I believe the only one to ever do it was Hodger Gracie. That's why he's been the most successful. Gracie in MMA, recent, in recent memory, is Hodger Gracie. But he retired not so long ago. Like, what is this dude going to implement here on Saturday? Are we going to see a striking battle, or are you going to grapple him? We're just going to have to wait and see. Let me know how this goes. I'm very interested in this fight. But, like, I don't like this mentality because that shows that he doesn't want to improve on his skill set. That's what I feel is happening here. But that's just me. And so we talked about Irene Aldana. Well, I wanted to go find... Okay, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth. Let me see what I can find here. Oh, at UFC 289, Irene Aldana replaces Juliana Pena, Rib versus Amanda Nunes. UFC's double champion Amanda Nunes will now face Mexican challenger Irene Aldana at UFC 289. As her original opponent, Juliana Pena, suffered a rib injury. UFC president Dana White broke the news via social media on Tuesday. The new 135-pound matchup will headline the pay-per-view, which takes place at the Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Unfortunately, Pena broke her ribs and she cannot compete, White said on Instagram. We have Irene Aldana coming in, who has won four of her last five, and three of those were finishes. We could have another Mexican world champion. Aldana is a former Invicta FC title challenger with the 8-4 record in the UFC. She's won six of her last past eight of her past eight, including a first-round knockout of Caitlin Vieira in 2019. Her most recent loss came to former champion Holly Holmes in October of 2020. She is vying to become the fourth Mexican active-born champion, alongside flyweight Brandon Moreno, interim featherweight champ Yair Rodriguez, and flyweight champion Alexa Grasso, her teammate at Lobo Gym. Nunez University is considered the number one pound-for-pound -pound female fighter in the world. She suffered a shocking upset against Peña in December of 2021, but, but bounced back in a dominant fashion with a win over her last July. <laughs> Sorry about that. The UFC 281, 281, 289 card also features a lightweight matchup between Charles Oliveira and Benil Darius which was supposed to take place this weekend in Newark, but was postponed due to an Oliveira injury. I mean, yeah, man. Imagine she wins. Dude, if she... Look, look, the stars are aligning for these Mexican fighters. Because, look, you have Brandon and Yair fighting in July. You have Irene fighting in June. Dude, you know what, you know what she needs to do? This is what she needs to do. And I'm going to reach out to her manager. But... Please walk out to the Malagueña, the Avenged Sevenfold version. He did an awesome job covering that song. Because she usually, that's the song she walks out to. If you don't know that, that's the song she walks out to. That version. I love that song so much. My mom makes fun. He's like, you can't even understand it. I'm like, Ma, stop it, okay? A dude from Orange County covered it in Spanish. We should be thankful. But she needs to walk out to that song. And she's going to win if she walks out to that song. I will come back to this show and tell you guys all. Go back and listen to episode 10... I want to say this is 106 or 105. What episode is it? 106. I cannot wait for this fight now. But I'm... Bro, 
I'm probably going to be hungover that day because the day before, I'm going to go see Avenged Sevenfold at the Forum. Dude, the stars are aligning. If this chick walks out to the Malagueña by Avenged Sevenfold, the stars are aligning and she's going to win this fight. And you're going to have four Mexican champions. Can you guys believe that? I believe this. And I'm not going against Amanda. This is just my belief. I'm not cheering for Irene. But I'm telling you, if she walks out to the Malagueña by Avenged Sevenfold, She's going to win this fight. And people are going to be upset. But that's okay. But that's okay. Now. The last thing before we go is. Davidson Figueredo is out of his fight at UFC 290 versus Manuel Cape. I think that's how you say his first name. But we're, we're going to look it up right now. I think it's Manel. Not Manuel. Manel. Dugas de Guerra. If you guys don't know what Dugas de Guerra means. It means God of War. Davison Figueredo out of UFC 295 with Man Manel. It's Manel. Cape. Still not medically clear to compete. Davison Figueredo will no longer face Manel Cape at UFC 290. Doctors determined he is unable to compete at the pay-per-view event scheduled for July 8th in Las Vegas due to, to eye injuries in his most recent bout in January. Doctor stoppage loss to Brandon Moreno. The former UFC flyweight champion confirmed his withdrawal on this week's episode of the MMA Fighting Podcast. Canal Encarta? Encarta? First reported the news. It is still unclear if Cape will be given another opponent for UFC 290. I'm still injured, Figueredo told Encarta. I asked for a fight, told my manager I wanted a fight already. But when he gave me the fight and I talked to my physical therapist and my ophthalmologist, they said my eyesight is still not 100%. There are days I can see things normal, but there are days it's not okay. Especially the days after I trained. So they decided I had to go the full six months medical suspension. The ophthalmologist gave me after UFC 283. Part of figure eight of the plan is to stay active in the gym, but avoid any hard training or sparring until late July. Dugas de Guerra isn't fully happy with Cape being his first fight back from the championship trilogy against Moreno, though. They spelled trilogy weird, but that's what they meant. I mean, I understand it, Figueredo said. The UFC threw me the number 9 ranked flyweight, and I don't understand it given I'm the number 1. I hope to fight one of the top 5 flyweights. I'm in no hurry to recover from my injury. I talked to my manager and asked him to ask the UFC to give me someone in the top five and let everybody else fight. Given the opportunity to choose his next world figure eight named Kai Kara France and Brandon Royval as ideal options. Kai Kara France is someone I would like to fight. But unfortunately he has a fight book said Figueredo referring to Kai Kara France June third clash with Amir Albazi. And there's also the guy that knocked out Mateos Nikolai, another great guy, to fight me. I hope the UFC gives me one of those guys to fight me. I think I deserve it. I'm not asking for a title shot. I'm asking for someone in the top five. I mean, and then Cape came back to say that it was all a lie, that he was never ready, that he can't make weight. Let me see if I can find it. So I'm not putting words in nobody's mouth. This is from Yahoo Sports. Manel Cape rips fat, weak, and old Davidson Figueredo for withdrawing from UFC 290. Davison Figueredo has been forced out of their UFC 290. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Manuel Cape has vented his frustration on yet another fight cancellation. Davison Figueredo has been forced out of their 
UFC 290 matchup on July 8th. He wasn't medically cleared to compete due to vision issues. Due to vision issues, Cape slammed the former flyweight champion for pulling out of their fight by going on a rant. This clown, Davidson Figueredo, gave an interview saying that he was ready to fight in July. He signs the contract and then talks to the doctor asking if he can fight. He should talk to the doctor first and then sign. Both Torin, Alex Perez, and now this fake champion pulls out. The truth is, he's fat, weak, and old. He started training and it felt it's not the same. So he ran from the fight. Please do something. He tagged Dana White, Mick Maynard, and Ali Abdelaziz, who I believe is his manager. And he says, please do something. I can't stand these losers. I mean, look at this dude's frustrated. He had three people cancel on him. I get it. I would be frustrated too. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official, on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Deuces, guys, later. So I got an iPhone, so I'm going to start doing short videos on there because I need to get RAM for this computer before I start doing, like, in-depth YouTube videos. But I will try to get the Substack going after UFC 288. Later, guys. Peace.